This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Welcome to an hour-long Christmas Eve edition of At Your Service with a very special guest. Carols and chat, a bit of festive fun and a properly down-to-earth story of one man's personal faith. This is country singer-songwriter Charlie Lansborough. Great to be with you, Judith. It's a long time since we've spoken, but uh, it's fantastic, especially on such a special day as this. Charlie, let's go back to early days and share with us some childhood memories. First of all, what was your household like growing up? It was fantastic. People say it was we were deprived. I was in no sense deprived. I lived in a house, I was the youngest of 11, and at the backdrop to all this was the music, because my father sang, he was billed locally as the silver-voiced tenor, my brothers played guitars and sang and introduced me to country music and stuff, you know. So it was a wonderfully chaotic but incredibly happy house to be a young boy in, you know. Long time ago in Bethlehem So the Holy Bible says Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day. Hark now, hear the angels sing, a new king born today. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Trumpets sound and angels sing Listen to what they say That man will live forevermore Because of Christmas Day While shepherds watch their flocks by night they see a bright new shining star They hear a heavenly choir sing It seems to come from afar Now Joseph and his wife Mary Came to Bethlehem that night they find no place to bear her child Not a single room was inside Hark now hear the angels sing A new king born today And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day Trumpets sound and angels sing Listen to what they say That man will live forever 
Time ago in Bethlehem, so the Holy Bible says, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Hark now, hear the angels sing, a new king born. Today and man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Trumpets sound and angels sing. Listen to what they say. That man will live for. Because of Christmas Day, that man will live forevermore. Because of Christmas Day. Charlie Lansborough and Charlie's selection of favourite carols and Christmas music will feature throughout today's program. Charlie was born in 1941 in Wrexham, near the border between Cheshire and Wales, where his mother had been sent for safety to avoid the Second World War bombing of Liverpool. But very shortly after Charlie's arrival, Mum, Aggie, and her new baby returned to Merseyside to join Charlie's ten brothers and sisters in their house in the Dockland area of Birkenhead. But others shared the family home too. We had a menagerie. We had chickens in the back. We had a duck which seemed to attack everybody. We had lovebirds from Africa and dogs and cats, obviously. And we had a monkey, which was fantastic, you know. You had a lot of seafaring connection in the family, didn't you? Well, that's where the monkey came from because my brothers were all merchant navy men. My brother Harry picked up a monkey in West Africa, as did most of the, the crew on the ship. And about a day or so out at sea, the captain became aware that the ship was awash with monkeys. So the order came round: all monkeys overboard. So Harry said, "We're not throwing my monkey overboard." So he, to keep it quiet and safe, he was given his aspirins and rum, and it was hilarious because when he he finally got home, it was much more lax in those days. He had a big overcoat on, although it was the middle of summer, and the monkey was hidden. And as he's going through the gates, the lads on the gates, said, all right, Harry. He said, have a good leave, won't you? And look after the monkey. So they knew he had it all along, you know. But another little addition to that, round Christmas time, they took it, the monkey to the pub. He required a taste for a little bit of rum. And uh, they, had, they had a ticket that you picked out a number or something. I forget the spot the ball or something. 
and the monkey picked the winning ticket out. And they, it must have been about 20-something pounds, which was a fortune then. So they all came back a bit the worse for wear. So, yeah, he helped make our Christmas special, you know. If you had anybody in the family who travelled, they would bring all the music that they picked up on, on their travels. So there would be a, a great richness in the household, wouldn't there? Fantastic. I mean, my brothers came back. I, we had a collection of uh, Hank Williams and it had a yellow label in the middle and Jimmy Rogers and people like that. And my dad was a ballad singer. He loved the likes of Izzy Bon and Perry Como. So I had this wonderful sort of uh, mix of music to listen to. And then when I picked the guitar up around about 12, I sort of uh, was coached a little bit by my brothers and away we went. But yeah, this, the seafarers brought back, I mean, apart from the music, I mean, I got things like a carved boat from West Africa. I got a silk jacket from Japan. Uh, we got jeans from Canada. So I had like about seven Christmases in a year. They'd come home at different times. But if they ever arrived together, it was wonderful. The music would start and all the friends would come in. It was, it was fantastic.
made more It stood hard as iron Water like a storm Snow had fallen Snow on snow Snow on snow In the bleak Let's talk about traditional Christmas. What would be traditional Christmas in your house? Well, we sort of make our own sort of decorations, you know, where you wrap a bit of paper around another bit of paper, paper chains, I suppose. We'd make them. Uh, we had one very small, sort of not a very illustrious-looking tree, but it was a tree nonetheless. And uh, the girls, we used to put a pillowcase out. That was the, We didn't have a stocking. The girls would put a pillowcase out, and so would I. And they, the girls used to get an orange... Uh, one gift, it'd be a doll or something, an orange and a brand new penny. I used to get things like lead soldiers and toy pistols because I was cowboy mad, you know. But it, it was wonderful. And there's that spirit abroad, I think it's the, the, the presence of God. And you become aware of this wonderful feeling of uh, generosity of spirit and kindness. And that was ever very much evident in our house. Now, faith is important to you. Your own personal faith is very, very strong. But growing up, was church going very much part of your Christmas celebration? Would there be the midnight mass or, or something like that that would happen? Well, it's very strange because when I was a small boy, the area I grew up in, you know, it was a bit rough in some respects. Great people, but uh, you, you had to fight or whatever. And I went to primary school and Mr Peake, the teacher, taught us about Jesus Christ. And I thought, this is great. I felt wonderful. I thought, it's good to be good. I don't have to accept what everybody else is doing. And I come out, and I was a very shy little boy, and I was an old man walking past with a heavy bag. And I thought, I've got to do something for this Jesus. So I said, can I carry a bag, mister? With a red face, I was embarrassed. And he, he said, no, son, but that's very kind of you. And then I ran home full of this. And my brothers and sisters, wonderful people, but they weren't overtly believers at all. And they'd see me reading. I'd find little books, and I used to sneak in churches because of the feeling. And they'd say, have you seen what Holy Joe's reading here? On the... And they'd ridicule this out of me until uh, I thought I was about 30-something. And I came out of the pub, and I, this thing kept nagging away at me. And I said, I'm going to go in every church till I find someone with somebody in, I'm going to hit him with these questions. And uh, the minister came out and he said, I can't talk now, but come on Friday. And I went on Friday and I left there feeling as though the weight of the world had gone from me. And uh, it was fantastic. And then Christmas became even more special because Christ was in it, you know. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all 
is bright round the unvirgin mother and child holy infant so tender and mild sleep in heavenly peace sleep in heavenly peace silent night holy night shepherds quake the sides glory streams from heaven afar heavenly hosts sing hallelujah Christ the Savior is born Savior is born. Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht, Heilige Schläft, Einsam Wacht, Nur das Trauter Hag heiligster Paar, holde Knabe im lockigen Haar, schlaf in himmlischer Ruhe, schlaf in himmlischer Ruhe. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiance beams from thy holy face. Christ, the Savior, is born. Christ, the Savior, is born. Christ, the Savior, is born. My guest today on this At Your Service special for Christmas Eve here on Manx Radio is country singer-songwriter Charlie Lansborough.
A few moments ago, Charlie was talking about finding and losing faith as a child and rediscovering belief in God as an adult. And it's a belief that's only got stronger as the years go by. So let's talk now about the place of music in Charlie's life. So here you are with a youngster with a guitar and getting all this music knowledge from your brothers. So has that just always run through your life? Was the music always very, very strong in you? Yeah, I mean, from when I was a small boy, yeah, I used to, my dad said I used to sing myself to sleep when I was three, you know, and I remember sitting on his knees singing, you take the tables and I'll take the chairs when I was about six or something. But uh, yeah, it's always been a powerful presence and my life ambition, if you like, was to be uh, be involved with music, not for fame and not for money, although it's wonderful when you get a few, Bob. But <laughs> I just wanted a life where I could sustain my family through the thing that I loved most. And all the way along the line, I mean, I, I, I was a postman, I was down and out in Coventry, I was a postman in Coventry, I was a navvy, I was a driver, I was a quality control engineer, I worked in the co-op, Saini manager, a whole host of things on the railways, the dream always was I'd come back from work after, say, digging holes all day and I'd go up in the room with my dog lying at my feet and I'd try and write songs. All I wanted to do was sing and I thought, I'll have to write, maybe that will open the door for me. And eventually that's what happened. Initially, it's sort of people were recording me songs, but I was still getting nowhere along the line. And then ultimately it came through and funnily enough... In 1995, I remember talking to the Almighty after years of saying, listen, Lord, can you open this door for me? Wouldn't it be good if I'd done that? You know, that'd be great. Can you do that? And everywhere I turned, I got rejected. So in 95, I gave up spiritually and I said, all right, Lord, I don't understand why you gave me these musical gifts because everywhere I turn, I face rejection. I said, so be it. If it's your will that I be a teacher in Birkenhead, I'll do it, Lord, but you'll have to help me out because I don't like it very much. And it's almost as if from that spiritual submission that the whole thing turned round. And in January, I did one show on Irish television a couple of months later, and then, then I was top of the Irish charts. So he chose the right time. Once I'd given up pushing it myself, <laughs> he looked after me. And God's plan was to lead Charlie into teaching. Fifteen years spent as a popular primary school teacher on Merseyside. But music-making was still hugely important in Charlie's life. And he was often writing songs specially for the children to sing in school assemblies. Well, I wrote a song called God Knocking on Your Door for children to sing in school. And I think he keeps knocking on the door until you answered it. And hopefully you do. It's amazing that these little things, incidents keep happening that draw you back to it. And people choose to reject it. But hopefully, you know, this knocking on the door continually will get an answer one of the days, you know, and he's there. And you never lose the opportunity to drop that little pebble into the pool so that people know very definitely where your heart lies. Well, you would hope so. I mean, sometimes people go, oh, no, he's, he's off again. You know, I go and sit in the pub on a Tuesday. It's not the very best place to, to preach the gospel, but inevitably part of my conversation with the lads around me will, I'll say, you know, I've invited them to church, you know, and you can see that someone's oh, no, and he's off again, you know. And then occasionally you'll get a little glimmer of hope in somebody's eyes. And I carry around little sort of tracts 
and I, I deposit them in places like Sainsbury's and that I go round and stick them on shelves and things and hope that somebody will pick one up and read it and think, hang on, there's, there's truth in this, you know. Just leave it an act of faith and sort of say, well, I hope. My son used to laugh because in the dressing rooms I'd leave these tracts and he'd say, oh, not, what are you doing, Dad? And he'd say, I'd say, you never know if it saves one person. If one person reads one of these and thinks there's something in this, I'll check it out then I've done something for the, for the Almighty because he did everything for me. What you've left behind might just be a word of consolation to somebody who is having a dreadful time and that little tract with a verse or two on might just be what they need to hold on to. Well, that's the wonderful thing about music and faith is it has the, the power to sort of console people, to lift people... And it's wonderful when the, when it happens like that, when you do touch somebody and you can see a transformation that begins to begin in those people. But it, sometimes it's through music. I had a letter from a woman in Scotland who said, I never believed, but I came to your show and you sang Forever Friend and I'm now a Christian. I said, well, thank God for that. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, yes, you never know. Everybody needs a little help sometimes no one stands alone Makes no difference if you're just a child like me Or a king upon a throne For there are no exceptions We all stand in Everybody needs a friend Let me tell you of mine He's my forever friend My leave-me-never friend From darkest night to rainbow's end He's my forever friend My Forever Friend is still one of Charlie's most requested songs, but it was never intended to be a commercial release. It was among a number of songs Charlie wrote specially for the children in his school to sing. Forever Friend, first person ever to sing it publicly was Paddy. I asked a lad called Paddy and he's now about six foot four. He was a great lad. If somebody was having problems, I could say, Paddy, will you look after Tommy, you know, and help him with his work, because he was a clever lad. I said, Paddy, will you sing this song for me? Yeah, all right, sir. Now, most often, kids would collectively would start tittering and laughing, but because he had such a presence in the school, he didn't with Paddy, and I see him now, and he says, I was the first person to sing that, wasn't I, sir? <laughs> you were, Paddy, <laughs> looking up at this giant of a lad, you know. He's my forever friend My leave-me-never friend From darkest night to rainbow's end He's my forever friend He's my forever friend As any teacher will tell you, if you mix together children, Christmas and primary school nativity plays, you can be sure there'll be stories to tell. 
Well, apart from school Christmases, I thought there was a wonderful one. One of the lads, he got dressed up as Father Christmas in the morning. Mum said, did you like Father Christmas? Said it wasn't Father Christmas, it was me dad. No, it wasn't. It was. What makes you say that? Well, he trod on the plug and said, oh, dude, but that... <laughs> but Father Christmas doesn't know language like that. <laughs> no. But there's a lovely story. It's not mine, but uh, although we had some great ones, there was one of, uh, of a Christmas nativity play and uh, Joseph arrives with Mary at the inn and he knocks on the door and there's no answer. There's a very surly-looking innkeeper behind sat on a chair and the teacher's on the side saying, open the door, knock again, Joseph, and Joseph knocks again and there's no answer. And she's saying, Thomas, open the door. So he knocks again, you know, and the door opens. He said... Sod off you, I wanted to be Joseph. <laughs> I mean, kids are fantastic. And, yeah, I've had some great experiences through the children in the classroom and some of the things that he says, some of them you couldn't repeat because it was a bit of a rough area, but some wonderful experiences. I remember a little girl coming to the classroom with her mum and I said, hello, Mrs Jones. She said, I've come to see about Nicola. I said, uh, something wrong? She said, you're picking on her. I said, all right. And there was a little girl from the class, Debbie, stood there by the desk. And I said, I'm really sorry to hear that, Mrs Jones. I said, I wouldn't pick on anybody, least of all a child. I said, but I tell her off when she's not doing her work because I want the best for it. I said, I treat them all the same. And this little Debbie at the front, she said, that's right, sir, you do, sir. And that little Debbie now teaches in the school where I was teaching her. And then the following week, we sorted that out. I'm walking across the playground and Nicolette, who said I was picking on her, come round and put her arms round me waist. And then the following day, she stood in the doorway looking a bit upset. I said, what's wrong, Nicolette? They've all gone in. She said, I don't want to go in, sir. I said, neither do I, love. Come on, we'll go in together. <laughs> but, yeah, you get what, you know. And another one, there was a little girl in the class, or Pauline the name was, and the kids said, Pauline, been stealing stuff out of your stockroom, sir. I said, have you, love? She said, I haven't, sir. I said, well, I'll leave it at that, you know. And a couple of weeks later, she said, can I see you, sir, when the class has gone? I said, of course you can, love. I said, what is it, Pauline? She said, you know when they said I was stealing something from your stockroom, sir? I said, yes. She said, well, I was, sir. She said, but I don't do that anymore, sir, because I'm a Christian now. And I said, well, that's wonderful. And I said, that took some courage to do what you've just done. I said, so we'll say no more about it. And thank you, Pauline. And when she left, I gave her a little cross. And she come back a while after, looking very smart and very grown up. And she said, I've just come back, sir, to show you that I'm not a plonker. <laughs> so it's amazing the impact that, that you can have on kids and the impact they can have upon you. Absolutely. I think anybody who has ever taught, whether it's formally in, in schools or whether it's in Sunday school or youth clubs or whatever, will always say they've learned more from the children than they've actually taught. But also, children will see if you're not being absolutely sincere. And that's what they respond to. It's absolute sincerity and consistency, isn't it? Well, that's the thing, consistency, where they see, yeah, he's been fair. At the end of the term, they'd say, now class so-and-so is going to Mr so-and-so, and class 1C is going to Mr Lansbury and did all cheer. So I used to think, well, that's a wonderful sort of commendation, if you like. Some of the songs I wrote for school assemblies, like Things My Ears Can Do and I'm Special and Forever Friend, they were all written for assemblies, you know. And the kids were brilliant in them. Great things came from school. And my wife said to me, you shouldn't complain about teaching. Assuming your best songs came from teaching. We're different each one from the other, it's true. God never repeats himself, never makes two. 
Be happy with who you are. God made you so. Oh, oh, oh. You're special, you know. We're quite unique. I was. We're different, each one from the other. It's true. God never repeats himself; never makes two. We're priceless and precious, for God tells me so. Oh, oh, oh. We're special, you know. We're special, you know. That's special, another of Charlie Lansborough's songs written originally for his schoolchildren, that's followed him into his career as a professional musician. Incidentally, the choir singing there with Charlie are from St Ambrose Roman Catholic School on Merseyside. We've just heard Charlie explaining how his life ambition was just to be able to make music, not to be famous and wealthy, but simply to support his wife Thelma and their three sons by doing the thing that he loved most. And interestingly, it was his ability not as a singer but as a songwriter that first got him recognition, as his songs were picked up by, amongst others, Pat Boone, George Hamilton IV, Jack Jones, and Foster and Allen. Foster and Alan recorded the song that Charlie wrote for his wife Thelma, "I Will Love You All My Life," and in fact, it was Tony Allen who first invited Charlie to perform in Ireland, and that was the turning point. From one appearance on Irish television and one radio interview, the people of Ireland fell in love with Charlie and he with them. This was the break he'd worked so hard for. He gave up teaching and moved full time into the life in music that he'd always wanted. It was it was very sort of、uh, daunting to say the least because I went from playing a dockside pub which I'd played in for twenty two years, believe it or not, and suddenly and just on my own, suddenly I've got a band around me and I'm touring Ireland with、uh, thousands of people. So it's frightening because I'm not the most confident fella in the world, and to make it worse, they put me out front and there was a gap. To the lads who were all in the in the background, and、uh, and I'm playing in Dublin, for example, with thousands of people there, and I'm sort of thinking, oh Lord! And at the end of the night, I came off shaking like a leaf, probably a mixture of relief and euphoria that it had gone so well. But it was a bit frightening the first couple of years, you know, and、uh, I still get the you know the nerves now if ever I go and perform. Do you think it's essential to be a little bit nervous, first of all, to to appreciate the specialness of being able to be out there in front of an audience and to keep you right up to your game? Do you think you need a little bit of nervousness? I think so. I think if you take anything for granted, it, it devalues it, you know. And、uh, I wasn't the only one. I never got nerves where I wouldn't go on. But I was touring with Eric Bogle in Australia, who wrote the Fields of France and things. Little Scots fella, and he said he was he was in Australia, and the fella who wrote the, the Streets of London, Ralph Macdonald. 
was there and it was Ralph McTeller's turn to go on stage. He stood at the side of the stage and he said, I'm not going on. And Eric said, they're all out there waiting for you, you know, get out there. And he said, no, I'm not going on. And he said, in the end, Eric pushed him, shoved him. He said when he was on, he was fantastic. So I've never been that bad. I mean, uh, you would think that he would be the consummate professional, you know, and he wrote some great stuff. But, yeah, to be a little bit on edge, which is natural, uh, but to appreciate it. I mean, I have sat there at times and thought, this is fantastic. Thank you, Lord, because I feel so at ease. Once it's on the way and I'm settled and relaxed in it, it's a wonderful experience, yeah. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pine. Till he appeared And the soul felt its worth The thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder breaks A new and glorious morn on your knees Oh, hear the angel voices Oh, night divine When Christ was born Oh, night divine Oh, night Oh, night divine taught us to love one another His law is love and His gospel is peace Chains shall He break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise let's all within 
us praise His holy name. Christ is the Lord. My guest today, country singer-songwriter Charlie Lansborough, has toured extensively, as far afield as Australia and New Zealand, but remains firmly rooted on Merseyside, where he counts amongst his good friends people who also happen to be major players in the entertainment world, Ricky Tomlinson and the legendary Ken Dodd. Now, to appreciate what follows, you need to know that Charlie has long white hair and a beard. He chose this as his distinctive style, as he says, lots of hair makes you more memorable. Oh, yeah, Doddy. Well, I'm very honoured by the fact that he used to take the mickey out of me and he knew I didn't mind. He'd say something about me and then he'd sort of smile at me. And uh, he said some wonderful things. I mean, I turned up with Ricky Tomlinson at one of these charity afternoons and he said, well, he said, it's lovely to see our old friends here, Charlie Lansborough and Ricky Tomlinson, who are both here to commemorate the death of their barber in 1988. <laughs> and then another one, I was attending a book launch and a friend of mine was sat near the, near the door when he came in. And I was over the other side with Ricky and whatever. And uh, Doddy said, is this a Wizard of Oz convention? And this lad said, no, what, what makes you say that, Ken? He said, well, I can't see the lion and the tin man, but the scarecrow's over there, pointing at me. But he was wonderful. He never left Liverpool. He had a great heart. And uh, the, the day of his funeral, I mean, in Liverpool, there was tickling sticks everywhere. The streets were lined with thousands of people that adored him, and rightly so. He was a genius. I wrote a song for him, actually, called Thank You for the Laughter, because he spent his life, devoted his life to lifting the spirits of everybody around him, you know, so a remarkable human being and one of ours, you know. Nobody could go to a, a night with Ken Dodd and not come out feeling better. But it, it's such an interesting thing that you say, Charlie, that you have the privilege of being made fun of. So when somebody is so good as him, it's a privilege to be mentioned in his routine, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I've still got a presentation he gave me at one of these afternoons. And I went up, he said, Charlie Lansborough. And I went out and he said, give me this thing in a, in a frame. And it said, to Charlie Lansborough, in, in recognition of all his wonderful service to the industry, where his talent has shone like a bacon. I said, like a bacon, Ken? 
He said, I know what I wrote. <laughs> so even the presentation had to have something comical in it, you know, and I've, yeah. I've still got that at home and I'm very proud of it. You know. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see he lies. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by Yet in the dark street shining The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the are met in tonight. For all of us, life is full of highs and lows. Charlie and his wife Thelma have been blessed with a long and happy marriage and have experienced the joy of having three sons, and now they treasure the time spent with their grandchildren. But there have been dark moments too. They know the tragedy of losing a child. Their fourth son, Roy, died when he was just a few days old. When you come to the tough bits of life, has, has it been your faith you've been able to hold on to even in the worst moments? Oh, without a doubt. I feel really sorry for people who come across these terrible circumstances which will inevitably affect everybody somewhere along the line and they've got nothing to hang on to. And when I mean hang on to, you've got the presence of the Almighty, you've got the promises of the Almighty, and so it takes the sting out of these horrible situations. And uh, I don't think I could cope. I'd hate to think of my life without my faith and my belief in him now. So whatever happens to me, I know that I'm OK because he's looking after me. And I say, well, in those darkest moments, he'll be there, you know. And I've got a little ring on here, and it's got in Hebrew, fear not, for I am with you. And that's the presence that I feel is with me when I'm, when I'm trying to be the best I can. Away in the manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky look down where he the little Lord Jesus asleep under hay. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in your tender care and fit us for heaven to live with you there. Now, Christmas time is a time when people who perhaps don't have any particular church connection just feel it's nice to go to church. So, is this the time when you hope that perhaps? something would just touch people just at this very special time. Well, that's it. And I think the spirit of Christ is abroad and it's tangible almost, you know. And uh, if you go to church, you would think that that would hit you even more, you know. 
it's a wonderful time of the year. And I always, one of my things, I put, have a Christ-filled Christmas because Christ has been taken out of Christmas for, <laughs> to a large extent. Uh, and I love Christmas, but a, a lot of the time Christ has been taken out of it. And I think he should be put back in the primary position because it's about him coming to earth and, and doing what he did for us, you know. This is the start of the story this Christmas time, isn't this, it? Today and tomorrow should be the beginning of, you know, a new relationship with him for those people who don't know him. And just a little sort of aside, talking about church nonetheless, we get all sorts of characters in our church. And it was round about Christmas time and the preacher was giving his, his message. And this lad in the front, he said, He's dead right there, mate. You know, I feel like Jesus scrubbed me clean in a washing machine, like. <laughs> and it sounds hilarious, but it's beautiful as well that somebody got this transformation, you know, and found the faith and changed them. And this is what, what interests me about you leaving little tracts about and, and just throwing in an odd word to somebody that you see in the pub or outside the pub or whatever. It's about discovering Jesus wherever you happen to be, isn't it? Well, the pastor said to me once, he said, Charlie... He said, you're in a better position than I am very often. He said, because, well, it was the vicar. He said, as soon as they see the collar, they climb up. He said, but they listen to you, you know. And when I first started going to church properly, the lads in the pub, I got some stick, you know. Charlie's gone all, all holy Joe, you know. I said, what are you getting at me for? I said, this thing I believe in demands that I try to be the best I can. I said, I know I fail. I said, but I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to rob anybody. I don't want anybody's wife. I don't want to do any harm. So in the end, he said, ah, he's round the bend, but he's all right, you know. <laughs> and he said, oh, that's it. He said, it's a passing phase. It'll, it won't last long. Thank God the passing phase is still never passed and never will. Charlie, absolute joy to talk to you at any time, but particularly special at this Christmas Eve. And lovely that in between the chat, we've been able to listen to some of your versions of our most loved Christmas carols. I like Oh Holy Night. I think that's a fantastic. And the other one, because I sing in a bit of German, is when I was in Germany in the army at Christmas time, I used to sing with the old cleaner in the passageway. She'd be there mopping the floor. And me and her used to do a duet of Silent Night, Stiller Nacht, Heiliger Nacht. And it brings me back to Germany, which has also got a wonderful feel about it for Christmas. Christmas is, is a time for nostalgia. It reminds you of those stories, the family times, the places you were over the years. I think it, there is a, a strong element of nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, the experiences that we all have... If you go back, I mean, and I'm so thankful now. At the time, I don't think I was as thankful for some of the experiences I've had, like being down and out on the streets in Coventry and things. But nonetheless, I met great characters, and it all sort of creates who you become. I'm so thankful for all of the people. Well, part of my prayers every night is uh, not only for my family, and, but for all the friends who've lit up my life, the whole of it, you know. So I'm very thankful for all of that. Round that all off with, with the faith in the Almighty and today and tomorrow are particularly special. Charlie Lansborough, thank you very much indeed for being so generous with your time. Great stories. Wish you a very happy and blessed Christmas for you and for your family. God bless you, Judith. It's been a joy to be with you. And I pray that the good Lord will bless you and all your listeners and that you will have a Christ-filled Christmas. God bless you. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. 
Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Thank you to my guest for this At Your Service Christmas Eve special, country singer-songwriter Charlie Lansborough. And it wouldn't be at your service without a notice board. So let's take a look at some services later today, where there's a warm welcome for everyone wanting to share the true spirit of Christmas. Here's details of the services that I know about that are happening around the island today. Abbeyland's Chapel welcome you to Praise for Christmas, led by Marion Watterson this afternoon, starting at 3 o'clock. And Balafesson Chapel also have a carol service this afternoon at 3 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, there's a carol service led by Reverend Sean Turner in Colby Methodist Church. And also this afternoon at 4 o'clock, there's a Christmas Eve Christingle service in Baldrine Chapel. And as you might imagine, all of those will be followed by seasonal refreshments. At four o'clock this afternoon, there's a crib service in St Mary's in Port St Mary. And Christchurch in Laxey have a crib service at four o'clock this afternoon that will be just a little bit different. It'll include a presentation of the first Christmas by the newly formed Christchurch Drama Club. And many thanks to Carol Bairstow for stepping in and taking over leadership of this group. And there'll be a midnight communion in Christchurch in Laxey, led by Canon Philip Freer, starting tonight at half past eleven. The Dune Church on the Ramsey to Laxey Coast Road invite you to join them this afternoon for their Christingle at four o'clock. Selby Methodist Church at the crossroads in the village have a family carol service this afternoon at five o'clock. Mince pies and non-alcoholic mulled wine will be served beforehand from half past four. There are two services in St James's Dolby today. There's a community crib service in Dolby Church and schoolrooms starting this evening at six o'clock. A simple candlelit gathering at St James's for any passing angels or shepherds, young children and the young at heart, with carols and an acted retelling of the Christmas story. It will last about 45 minutes. And then there'll be a candlelit Holy Communion service in Dolby Church tonight at half past 11. At six o'clock, there'll be a carol service in St Olive's Church on Bowering Road in Ramsey. And at half past six tonight, there'll be carols by candlelight in Bride Parish Church. Also tonight at half past six, there's a family Christmas service followed by refreshments in Balaf Parish Church. St Andrew's United Reform Church on Glencrutchery Road here in Douglas don't have a morning service today, but instead have carols by candlelight tonight at half past six. Tonight at 7 o'clock, there's a Christmas Eve communion in Onken Methodist Church. And at half past seven tonight, there'll be Holy Communion in St Peter's Church in Craigneesh. At 8 o'clock tonight, there's a communion service with carols led by Reverend Richard Hooten. And that's at the Promenade Methodist Church on the Promenade here in Douglas. And in St Catherine's Church in Port Erin, there's a midnight communion starting at half past eleven tonight. There's also a midnight communion in Mackled Parish Church with carol singing from 11 o'clock and the communion starts at half past 11. And the last service that I know about is a midnight communion starting tonight at half past 11 in Kirk Andreas, Andreas Parish Church. 
At Your Service returns tomorrow, Christmas morning at 9 o'clock for another special programme, celebrating Christmas with the Broughton Boys Choir, who next year will be celebrating their 50th visit to the island. I'd love you to join me if you can. And so, till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I pray that the true joy and lasting promise of Christmas will be with you and with those you love. Nolikgen. From God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort